Well, hey there, everybody. This is Pastor Dave Marsh of Crossroads Church up here in beautiful Deep Creek Lake, Maryland. And I am blessed to have with me today Mike McKay. Mike, how are you? Oh, I am blessed and highly favored. There's no doubt about it today. Mike, I've known you, I guess, for a couple of years now, and, uh, and uh, of course, watch your life on uh, social media, <laughs> and uh, man, you are a busy guy. You are all over the place. Well, I tell you, as, a, as an elected official, and uh, definitely getting the position of being a delegate right now, um, our spiritual gifts are many, and I think my spiritual gift, as I've prayed about it, is the act of service, mm. and you have to be with people. Yep. If you're going to be able to perform that. So we are at each and every event, wherever there are people at, you'll probably see me shaking, <laughs> shaking hands and kissing babies. <laughs> yes, you are just all over the place. So you're Maryland State Delegate right now, District 1C, which is Allegheny and Washington County. Um, and so if there's events happening in either of those places, you're definitely there. Yes. I know you get up into Garrett County uh, as well. You're, you've got a campaign going on, and we might touch on that uh, today, but that's that's brought you up into Garrett County even more, and really all over the state. And, yeah, it's like uh, if there's a barn raisin, if there's a chicken dinner, <laughs> if there's whatever, I know I'm going to see Mike McKay there. I Did I even see you sitting in with the band not I long did, ago? I did. Yeah, we we were in an event there at Rocky Gap celebrating 50 years of Tri-County Council. That's an economic development corporation. And uh, so they had a great time and the band was there and they said, hey, Mike, do you know this particular song? And so we went up there, we sang. And so it was two or three sets, but we had a good old time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, whatever we can do to make people feel good yeah. and comfortable, I think is the best way that we can then have a dialogue afterwards and understand that I'm here to listen. Don't know all the answers, um, but there's one thing we can do is we'll find the answers for people's problems that they may have. Yeah, well, uh, as a fellow musician, I'll say you did you did pretty well. Your your mic <laughs> skills were right up there. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed hearing uh, hearing you sing there on Facebook. So. Thank you. Well, um, I've asked you to come and, and be with us today here um, at the church. Uh, both of us uh, are believers in Jesus Christ. We're, we're public uh, about our, our faith. Of course, I'm a pastor, so I, I pretty much have to be. Uh, but but you are as well, even in, even in the political realm. You've, you've not shied away from that. And, and when a matter of uh, faith and, and politics intersect, um, I've always appreciated uh, you're honest and forthright with folks, and, and you share the way you feel about that. And uh, we know in our in our country, um, we've just been in a, a pretty tough time uh, here recently. That the headlines are all over the place concerning the possibility of maybe Roe v. Wade being overturned. Uh, that's on a, a national level, and that discussion is happening. Brings out a lot of uh, emotions in people, passionate mm -hmm. on both sides of the issue, and. We get that. We understand that. And our goal here uh, today is not to stir that up anymore, but to just talk and to have a conversation. But also, as a state delegate, I wanted to ask you about what's happening here in our state of Maryland. We know uh, recently there's there's been a bill passed that uh, has uh, really concerned some folks, especially on the pro-life side, mm -hmm. that maybe we're moving in in the wrong direction. And I think you and I both feel like this ought to be a conversation uh, that we can have that it's filled with compassion, 
Uh, we understand that sometimes when people make decisions, they are not easy decisions to make. It's not. They're not being made on a whim. There's a whole lot that goes into that. Uh, but we also want to take a stand for life whenever we can, try to help educate folks, try to help folks understand that there are other options out there, uh, options that would affirm life. And uh, I think that's kind of what's concerned us about this bill. I believe it's uh, HB 137. If I got the, the number right, or I could be wrong on that, I got too many. No, it's 937. <laughs> too many numbers in my head today. But could you talk to us a little bit about yeah. that bill and what it does? Yeah. So House Bill 937 establishes an abortion clinical care and training program and then also provides funds to the Maryland Department of Health. Now, this was going to provide about $3.5 million of taxpayer money to train people uh, to end their lives with their preborn babies, unfortunately, when there's not even an emergency. Mm. And um, what it does is it promotes um, uh, abortions, uh, and um, this would be uh, groundbreaking nationwide uh, in that um, – Taxpayer abortions have always gone for Medicaid, those people who are at the poverty or 400% above the poverty line. Yeah. But this would actually open up the door for everybody. Okay. And um, the biggest concern of it is, is that an abortion is a serious medical procedure. Mm. And uh, right now, a doctor is there. But this would actually train midwives um, PAs to be able to do this uh, right up to um, birth. Wow. And that's a concern that um, we may be putting, uh, number one, uh, the baby, but we're also putting the mother's life in jeopardy that I tend to believe that that should reside um, with a medical doctor who understands all of the, the, the risks yeah. involved in, a, in an abortion. In an abortion. Yeah. So again, just so we're, we're being clear, what this bill does is it's a pretty broad expansion of what's of what's already in place. Correct. So this is not just protecting what some would call a right that is already in place. This is a promotion of abortion. It expands it. It expands it with taxpayer dollars, mm -hmm. three and a half million dollars. Correct. Uh, I assume that would be yearly. I don't know that it for is. sure. Okay. It is. So at, at least a year, three and a half million dollars taxpayer dollars going to um, train, as you said, midwives, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, people who have not done abortions previously. Correct. You're now adding them to the pool of people who would be performing abortions. And as you said, I mean, that 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 in itself opens up a whole host of concerns it, um, it, for, it, the, for the health of everyone involved. It does. It does. And regardless of what's happening at our uh, national le uh, level, Maryland actually 31 years ago had a referendum that the people decided that in a Maryland, you did have the right to have an abortion. So the people spoke many, many years ago. Um, and so regardless of what happens with Roe v. Wade, Maryland, that, that right is always going to be, not always, but is in the protection as it stands right now. But I'm sad to say that Maryland is one of the only states that actually does not keep a statistic count on how many abortions are actually performed each year. They do from a federal level because of Medicaid, mm. 
Okay. But other states actually can tell you how many abortions they had. So my question that we had during this process was, I understand putting the $3.5 million more money into it. I don't agree with it. Sure. But what data showed did we need to perform more abortions? Were we behind the national curve? Were we ahead of the national curve? Yeah. Is there a help wanted sign in every abortion clinic? I, I tend to believe that there's not. And you mm. normally would look at a statistic to determine if um, there was a need. Yeah. Maryland doesn't have that. And we actually put – the pro-lifers put a bill in that would mandate them to actually – have a yearly count, and unfortunately, that bill did just did, did die in committee. Wow! So, for the folks who are listening today, I, I want us to think about that just just for a minute, okay? As you said, we track everything um, in this age of COVID, mm-hmm. where we were we were sometimes hourly. It felt like being updated with numbers and in data. Um, we're not basing this bill. <laughs> on any real data no, because we're not even tracking the lives that we're ending. Correct. That is sad. As a culture, that is, that is sad. Um, what we're trying to do is we're just saying, hey, folks, before we rush headlong into what is a pretty radical bill. Again, if you compare some of the the bills with other states, I mean, Maryland is is on the radical side of this thing. It is. Instead of rushing headlong into a radical expansion of abortion that may or may not be based on data, is what you're telling us right now. Can we hold back a minute and say, what are some things we can do as a community what are some things we can do as a faith community, church leaders? Mm. We, we want to work together for, to find uh, solutions for life. You know, we're not mad at anybody. We're not enemies of anybody. We're saying, what can we do politically? You know, sit down at a table together, talk this thing through, and try to cultivate uh, this, this culture of life as, as opposed to just an expansion of aborting uh, more children, and uh, I know uh, Mike. You know this is this is something that um, that you deal with. There, um, you were telling me there's there's actually a, I guess you called it an abortion day where there yeah. there are some pro life measures that that get introduced, and, and sometimes we see some headway being made uh, in that area as well. Yeah, we do, we do. So the the way that the sausage is made in the Maryland General Assembly, while it's not necessarily pretty. Uh, there is a process. And so if you have a particular bill, you call up a bill drafter and give the concept of the idea. They kind of figure out where it's going to fit in the annotated code of Maryland. And um, you then present your bill. And so what some of the committees will do is they'll group like uh, bills together. Okay. Tends to be, you know, somebody who's going to support, say, a pro-life bill, they may want to put support in both orally or written, multiple times for different bills. Hmm. So they collected it together. So we have a, a day that they call it the abortion day. And hmm. so that's going to be the main subject that the particular committee brings up. Wow. And so um, while um, the body has many, many parts, um, we have a lot of lead um, um, 
delegates down there on the pro-life movement who are sponsors of bills. Um, I have co-sponsored every single one of those said legislations. But one of my roles is on abortion day. Now, we couldn't do it this year because we had to do everything via Zoom. Mm. But normally, um, I'm sitting in the back praying the whole time during all of these bills, just asking for the Lord's will and um, to hopefully there's some hardened hearts and just maybe be able to sink in of some of the stuff that's going on there. But this year we um, had a a bill that um, would severely limit the amount of abortions after a fetus is detected for a heartbeat. There was another bill that would prevent um, an individual from performing what they call a dismemberment abortion uh, or a woman who, uh, unless um, who's pregnant, unless that she's very, very, seriously risked of health. And so those are the type of bills that as the pro-life movement has that we present each year. Mm. Unfortunately, the chairman of every committee has a lot of power. Okay. And that power is um, exercised a lot by keeping a bill in the drawer. So while we'll have a, a hearing, both sides will be heard, um, that chairperson can just put it in the drawer and never have it come to a vote. And unfortunately, a lot of the pro-life bills never have a a chance to have a vote. And I think a lot of that um, has to do that it protects members. Okay. um, Because then they're on, they're on the hook per se for either voting yay or nay for something there. And so, um, that's a very, very stressful time going through that, um, that process. Um, but each day there are so many of us in the pro-life movement that we understand that at the end of the day, God's will will be God's will. And if it's going to happen, um, he'll make that happen. Yeah. Well, for those of us who aren't nearly as involved in politics as, as you are, you know, we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we appreciate the heart in, in what you're you're doing it with. And uh, again, I've, I've got to talk to you enough about this that uh, it's not that you're just on the opposite side of the issue with someone and you're you're looking for an argument. That's that's not your heart at all. Uh, you've got a heart of compassion. Um, so do I. You know, we we both. Uh, we're kind of involved in in different businesses, yeah. but it's it's still the people business, absolutely. right? Absolutely, like absolutely. We're just uh, you know we're we're interacting with people all the time. Uh, my family and I, this is is pretty personal to us. Um, my wife and I were married uh, as teenagers, and uh, I'll never forget um, walking out of a health department, and I was uh, 17 years old, and we had just found out that. Uh, we were, we were going to be parents, and um, at 17, uh, I did not feel, I did not feel ready to be a parent, I'll tell you that, you know, I mean, I was, I was trying to wrap my mind around a lot of things, and, and being called dad was not one of them Yes. at 17, and uh, I remember my wife and I, we were scared, we were very scared, uh, we were broke, we didn't, we didn't have any, we didn't have any money, you know. 
Um, I'm not sure that I even had a job at the moment. Uh, she worked at McDonald's at, at the at that time, and certainly nothing wrong with that. That was a, she was right. she was working hard. But what I was saying is, we weren't financially secure. We were just starting out in life, and uh, I understand the fear that can grip, uh, especially a young person um, or any person who finds themselves of, hey, I did not. I did not expect to, you know, be having a baby here in nine months right. and it rocks your world and you're trying to figure out where to turn for help and how to navigate through all that sort of stuff. Um, so I just, I want folks who are listening to understand uh, we're, we're not separating the human component mm -hmm. out of this conversation. Uh, we get that. Um, but in fact, it's the human component that compels us to have a tough conversation. Because as I'm sitting here looking at you today, uh, walking behind the camera is my now 30-year-old son, who's a father himself. Um, and I can't imagine life without him. Mm. Can't imagine life without those grandkids of mine. Can't imagine what this world would be like if that boy and his kids and his wife, you know, weren't, weren't here. Um, so I think this has touched every family. We've all been in, in a hard spot. But what we're saying as a community leader, as a church leader, is let's do everything we can to try to help support people who maybe find themselves in that scary spot. Never dreamed that, hey, I'm going to have, have a baby. What do I do? Where do I turn for help? And some, some places we can go for help um, here in our community and I'm, I'm sure Washington County, I know Washington County yes. does. I'm sure Allegheny County, County has. We've got um, a place here called the James Isaac House. It's a pregnancy resource center. It's a ministry we love to support. And these folks aren't, aren't just helping people choose life. But, I mean, they're doing parenting classes. They're providing clothes. They're providing uh, formula. They're providing car seats. I mean, they're, they're really walking alongside, yeah. um, you know, these young women and sometimes the young men who are involved as well, helping them understand, you can do this. You know, it's not easy, right? right? You have yeah. kids. How many kids do you have? We have eight. <laughs> we have eight children. You're right. Whoa. It's not easy. Wow. And uh, I, I'm sure uh, you probably didn't plan that out perfectly. <laughs> Not perfectly, but yeah. we, we did end up giving it to the Lord after our second one. But I tell you, um, it, 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 it's interesting that you say that, Pastor Dave, because down in the General Assembly, it'd be very easy to go down and stand on a soapbox. Abortion is wrong and point fingers and that kind of stuff. That's not how we need to. We we're here to love people, yeah. love them where they're at, and help them through the word and through knowing Jesus Christ to get them in the the right direction um, and loving them for it. And you know the world, the Lord works in mysterious ways. So the lobbyist for Planned Parenthood, who uh, she and I are on, obviously the opposite side of Planned Parenthood. Um, she's also the lobbyist for the dental community okay. and all of the work that we, she and I have been able to do to get oral health, uh, into the Medicaid portfolio has happened through our relationship. Wow. And I tend to believe that while we don't really talk about abortion, but she sees me as a pro-lifer who cares about the after 
yeah. caring about the people, caring about the family, caring about one's um, choices. Yeah. And so it tends to mean that that's how we um, change the people's hearts when it comes to abortion is we come beside them and do exactly what the pregnancy center is doing, come beside them of what Crossroads is doing and supporting those different ministries. And, and that's how we change the overall. It won't be passing a law or whatever. We just need to, to pray that there will be a way that the need will go away. Yeah. 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 You know, I think laws are important, mm-hmm. um, but certainly changing the hearts and minds of people. Um, you know, there was one time in my life that I felt differently about mm-hmm. this issue. You know, there were certain things I didn't know. I didn't know how abortions were done. Um, I didn't really understand when life began or didn't wasn't sure how to define that. Uh, I didn't realize how violent abortion is. It's It's very violent. There's there's no such thing as a safe abortion. No. Uh, and the, the science has changed. Yes. Yeah. And so um, it'd be very easy to say that uh, the decision of abortion, uh, making it a right, was a 40-year-old decision that science has changed. Yeah. And so how we talk to these young ladies and young men who find themselves in this position um, evolves as well. Yes. And so... Um, I think there's an opportunity for more people to evolve in their decision-making. I think 82% of the people um, are against abortions in general. It's the issue of having somebody to have the right to it or not, even though 82% of the the public is against it. Uh, It's having that right. And so that's how we win it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely changing hearts, and and we want we want folks to know, um, you know there there are other options. Absolutely. Uh, for my wife and I, we we chose parenting. That was the option, and that's a you can do this. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking. If you're watching today, you can do this. It is not easy. It is not easy, but you can do this. And and I know some fantastic young single moms. Even we have them right here in our church who are doing an awesome job. Uh, I see also the community stepping up in many ways. We've got a great organization here called uh, Foster Appalachia or Appalachia, depending okay. on where you're from. <laughs> but they come along foster or alongside foster families in our community and provide support for them. Um, we've even got a ministry that we work with called Deeper Still Ministries um, that we work with with our camp in Twice a year, they come in and uh, they do a retreat for ladies who have actually had abortions. Mm. Uh, one of the things that's often not talked about is how it impacts a mother after she makes the choice to abort her child. That, again, it, we don't believe it's an easy choice, so we're not saying that at all. But afterwards, there is a lot of emotional uh, and mental uh, anxiety that happens in that, and there's some healing that needs to take place. And so we come alongside them to help support these women even after the fact. I think you and I are both saying the same thing. That's re- that you know that's harness all of our resources, community of faith, government, everything we can to try to change hearts and minds and promote just this culture of life, you know, in any, any way that we can. I appreciate what you're doing uh, from the governmental side of it. Well, I tell you, it's, it's a, it needs to be the wraparound services, mm. and, um, uh, the health of 
mom, the health of dad, uh, hopefully the health of, of the baby. There's just so many opportunities out there. Abortion, uh, unfortunately, um, may not be the best, but I, you know, understand where people come. Adoption, it, it's, it's, I just wish that the government would ease the regulations when it comes to adoptions and really, really put the effort more into adoptions. There's so many people that are looking for babies. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're going to other countries because it's a little bit easier than here in the United States. And, um, uh, that, that's where we got to get the stigma out. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, God has chosen each and every life. Uh, God has chosen each and every adoption. And, um, we just need to encourage people to, to consider those options as well. Yes, I agree with you. Um, if there is anywhere our government ought to be working to make something easier, remove obstacles, remove red tape, remove all of that regulation, it should be in the area of adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, we should really, really work hard. And, and I just sometimes I sit back and think, I, I wonder if we just took part of the effort <laughs> that we are uh, you know, putting into to something like this bill, which is not a good bill, it's 937. Um, and if we directed some of that uh, into supporting uh, adoptive care, that would be an awesome step in the right direction. You know, um, as we consider, I, I didn't bring this up, but we do need to talk that the pro-life did have a win. Okay. There was a bill, um, I believe it was House Bill 1171, which was going to enshrine into the Maryland Constitution, the right to an abortion. Okay. And that bill ended up um, not passing. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, um, it passed the House, but not the Senate. And um, so I think that's an important thing that um, we didn't add that into the Constitution because whether, you know, the Constitution is a framework. And if you start putting those type of social issues into the Constitution, it opens it up for so many other things. And so uh, as a <clears throat> republic, um, we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. And so that is a win mm -hmm. from a pro-life standpoint. Um, but if you're that young lady who's in that situation, a lot of this stuff that we've talked about really doesn't mean diddly-doo yeah. because you're having to make that tough decision. Yeah. But um, – uh, rest assured, there are people here that are going to love you where you're at, yeah. and love you through the through the whole process. And I think it's important as believers that we understand that we've got to we've got to love these women years after uh, they may have chosen to have an abortion or something like that. Because uh, and if they chose adoption or they chose to actually parent. Um, it's not like a happy birthday card. We only send it once a year. Yeah. These are people you need to wrap around and love them all the time. Yeah. And I think that's a great reminder for any of us listening. And, and maybe, you know, maybe you would say, hey, I'm a pro-lifer. Um, and that's a, a political stance. But is it a personal application? Mm. So in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, are, you know, are you and I, those watching today, are, are we all doing what we can to support someone who would find themselves in a situation they, they just didn't plan for this, they didn't dream that this is we're going to be where they are right now in life? Uh, boy, I encourage you to do that. Wrap, wrap your arms around them. 
Uh, be there, be that community of support, help them in any way that you can. Uh, because I, I think collectively, that's where we start to really make the difference and we start to turn the tide of, of culture. And again, um, yeah, whatever we can do politically, that's one thing. But boy, if we can just do it person to person, one-on-one. At, at, the, at the end of the day, um, your relationship that you have with that particular person, if you show them the love of Christ through you, you will lead them in the right direction because at the end of the day, God will be in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we appreciate everybody coming and, and just being with us here for a few minutes. We can talk about this. Um, one of the things that we are going to try to do, uh, Mike, is to collect some signatures, mm. okay? Um, we know we've seen a petition drive get started, and we want to try to help that. Um, could you explain to us um, what that process is like in the state of Maryland? I know it's a pretty pretty big process. It is. It um, is. But, again, our heart is to try to change the tide here a little bit and, and not go into just this um, you know, Maryland, I love our state, but boy, we can get, we can get pretty radical with some, some things, you know, and, uh, we don't think that's the right direction to go. Right. And so there, there are some, some folks in the community that said, Hey, I'd like to speak out against this bill and do it in the form of a petition and collect some signatures against this. So tell us about what yeah. that process looks yeah. like. So, um, it is a very high bar in okay. the state of Maryland to collect enough signatures to be able to put something to a referendum, meaning it'll be on the ballot. Yeah. It's been done before. Okay. Um, Delegate Neil Parrott with MD Petitions has been successful in putting two um, questions on the ballot in years past. Um, and so there is a push right now to collect the, the signatures. They need, I think it's like 70,000 in the state of Maryland that they have to get. Okay. Unfortunately, the time is running out. Yeah. And so we really, really need people to um, participate in that. What will end up happening, they then take those signatures, they then validate them. Is that actually somebody from the state of Maryland or was it someone from Pennsylvania or West Virginia that signed it? Um, the signature has to be basically the same way you signed your original um, uh, voter card. Okay. Um, not too many people change their signatures but as we old get older we kind of get a little bit different or in my case of my father get sloppier yeah. <laughs> but uh um so that needs to match as well okay. um so we try to get more than like 20 percent higher than what the required amount is because we know that probably 15 percent is going to get knocked out yeah okay. and so once that happens if there is enough there um uh, the attorney general will say that it's enough to put it on the ballot and then in this case, people would get their choice about that. But okay. um, um, anybody that wants to fill that out, please, please exercise your right to participate in your government. Yeah. And, and to be clear, this signing this would not say this is outlawing abortion. No, it is not. It's not. It's just putting it onto the ballot. It would be putting this bill. <clears throat> correct. Which is. A pretty big expansion that of is exactly that's exa on the ballot. So Correct. I just want to make sure again the arguments get so emotional, you know, and people just go wild here. That's that's not what we're it, talking it, about. It, we're saying this bill is not a good move. Right. Let's get it on the ballot, and then we'll let the people speak to that. Correct. Correct. And so, if anybody is concerned that this is going to take away your right to an abortion, it's not. Is it going to um, turn Maryland back for forty years? It's not. 
uh, as we started this, Maryland has been very, very progressive when it comes to abortion uh, options more than any other state. This is literally just taking a pause and saying, let's let the people decide, do we want to take this jump with this particular bill, putting $3.5 million of taxpayer money, um, not just those who are at the poverty line. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we stated, currently you're Maryland state delegate. Yes, sir. Um, you're in the midst of a campaign, though. We are. How about that? Uh, yeah. So uh, that's one of the, uh, you know, I, again, I sit back and I just see you everywhere. But uh, I know a, a campaign requires your presence in, in, a, in a lot of places. It does. Uh, but my, my question for you would be, um, if, uh, you know, if it's the Lord's will and you and I, we had prayer before we started today and we prayed a few months ago we even did. together. Um you know, if this would be the Lord's will that you would become the state senator, you would then be representing uh, Garrett, Allegheny, and Washington, and Washington County. Here. Correct. Um, uh, put you on the spot here. Would you continue to be a pro-life voice in Annapolis for our region? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've actually been endorsed by the Maryland Right to Life Um my last two campaigns, filled out the questionnaire again and because we study the subject we understand um abortion day in the in the state of maryland um i fully expect to get the the endorsement of maryland right to life um so i plan to continue that in the senate um where i do have some colleagues that um certainly are um pro-life there um, but they always need some help and that kind of stuff you know my journey dates back to being west virginia's for life was an organization before I ever got into politics Okay, uh, and going to Morgantown for the right to life dinners mm. um, uh, in Cumberland, my former pastor there, he and I would always trek out to Morgantown each, each year. So to answer your question, absolutely. We'll be fighting for life in the Maryland general assembly. If it is the Lord's will for me to become the next Senator representing Garrett Allegheny in Washington County. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, you and folks like you uh, who are uh, given uh, a voice uh, to these children who cannot speak uh, for themselves. So uh, we appreciate, uh, you know, all that you've done and, and just pray you continue to do that. And in fact, can we just take a moment and, and pray together to, to end our, our time? Again, I don't know who's watching today. I don't know who's listening. I'm sure there's people who feel very passionate about many different facets about this conversation. Uh, but I think the very best thing we could do is go to the Lord in prayer, ask him to continue to work in our nation, give us a heart of compassion for mothers, for children at every state of life. Can we pray together? I would enjoy that, please. All right, let's do that. Our Father, again, we just come before you today. We thank you for our time together. I thank you for Mike and for his family and for what you're doing uh, through him here as, as one of the leaders in our great state of Maryland. I pray that you would continue to lead him and guide him by your Holy Spirit. Yes, Father, I pray for anyone who's watching this today and listening and Lord, uh, no matter where they're at uh, in the, the political side of this thing, I just pray that you would you'd work in their hearts. And Lord, for all of us, that you would help us to value life. Yes, Jesus. No matter how small, no matter how young, God, that we would understand that every child is made in the image and likeness of our God mm. and deserves to live. And God, help us as, as, as people 
to, uh, to just create such an atmosphere in our culture, Lord, where we would come alongside um, a, a young lady who's pregnant, a young lady who's scared, whatever her situation is, God, uh, and, and we, would, we would show her options, Lord, mm. in ways that she could choose life. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, adoptive care services uh, would expand, uh, would they would we would uh, gain uh, access to them in easier ways God we pray pray that we would be people who just have compassionate hearts and and wouldn't just stand on a, a soapbox and and point our finger in anyone's face Lord and and try to be right Lord but to, to be people with hearts Lord yes. who are gentle and kind and tender-hearted toward one another uh, Lord we thank you that you are the giver of life and we just pray that you would continue, Lord, to just turn our nation in a way that is, is toward you and uh, in a way, Lord God, that uh, values as precious every single life, God, yes, from the womb through even the latter stages of life. Mm. We give you thanks and we give you praise now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Well, thank you. It's been a blessing.